Good morning and welcome in everybody. Today we are going to take a look at a passage of scripture from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 10 beginning at verse 26 says, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment? Suppose ye shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing, and hath dis done despite unto the Spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God." We are continuing on from yesterday's study, and we'll begin right at verse 28, where he says, He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Those in the Old Testament who sinned were commanded to be stoned by the Jews. But in the New Testament, we are not supposed to kill sinners. Many people who profess to be Christians have done this for thousands of years, but it's because they're false apostles and deceivers. Although many people will turn away from the truth of the Christian life, they're free to go. We are not charged with the responsibility of eradicating their lives because they are under the judgment of God. Remember that the saints have great power and authority on the earth. But when Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, deliberately lied to Peter, nobody laid a hand on them. It was God that killed them, Acts 5. We learn that God did the same thing uh, when he plagued Egypt. He destroyed Pharaoh's armies in the Red Sea, and he caused the walls of Jericho to fall down. Vengeance belongs to him. In Judaism, it was required to have two or three witnesses. And in Christianity, two or three witnesses are also required. Matthew 18, beginning at verse 15, says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Rather than stoning people, we have the power to bind people unto damnation, which is far worse. Killing somebody is only a physical punishment, while binding somebody is an eternal punishment. If they're too arrogant to apologize to a brother that they have wronged, then we're commanded to have nothing to do with them. They can't even bring an offering to the church at that point because they refuse to reconcile with others. God will certainly punish them here on the earth and then later on at Judgment Day. God's feelings about sin have never changed. But in the New Testament, he offers a free gift of his forgiveness, giving people one last opportunity to repent of their sins and to turn their lives around. A Christian who sins willfully against God does far worse than what they did in the Old Testament. This is because they sin against God's mercy and the blood of his precious son, Jesus Christ. Now the apostle continues in verse 29 
Of how much sore punishment suppose ye? Shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden under foot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace? Now, as a Christian, we become sanctified through the blood of Jesus Christ, and our sins are completely washed away, and our hearts are purified by faith. Understanding that we have been cleansed from our sins, why would people want to be involved with sin anymore? The only place that sinful living will lead you is unto death. But there will be those who are not worthy of salvation. Although Jesus died for them, they never chose to live for him. God's grace is the greatest gift you could ever receive. God gives sinners a chance to obtain eternal life. If we turn from our sins and walk in the light, that's our gift and our reward is paradise. Many people who have professed Christianity as their faith have done the complete opposite thing. They claim that they have grace available, but then they go out and use it as an opportunity to rebelliously sin against God. These works are a foul stench towards our precious God. Romans 6, beginning at verse 1, says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? These people were sanctified, they were purified, they were forgiven of their sins, and then they knowingly and intentionally violated the will of God. These people are worthy of far worse punishment. You know, Jesus went through such great efforts and suffering to cleanse them, but they purposely went against his commands anyway. In this state, they sin against God's mercy and love and are worthy of more punishment than all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah or those who died in the great flood. As a Christian, we are living in an age of grace, but grace is given to us so that we go and sin no more. Intentionally going against God's will is an act of contempt and open defiance against his kind mercies. And people who do such things are the most wicked people on this earth. Second Peter 2.20, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than, after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Christians who willfully rebel against God cannot be brought to a place of repentance. They are outside of salvation. Look at Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 4 says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. True Christians must possess godly fear, knowing that God will punish disobedience, whether they're Christians or not. God doesn't play favorites. He rewards the righteous. Hebrews 12, verse 16, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears. For ye are not come 
unto the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness, and darkness, and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, which voice that they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more. For if they could not endure that which was commanded, and if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But you are come unto Mount Sion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to the God and the judge of all and to the spirits of just men, made perfect. So as I said yesterday, I say once again, those who neglect their salvation by willfully choosing to go against the will of God are not walking on the narrow path that leads to life. This is because they have chosen to venture out into the dead zone. So let's think about these things for right now. We can be found on your web browser by searching TLKJBC, where you can find our diaries distributed through various platforms. We are not associated nor affiliated with any other religious groups. You can get our entire podcast feeds directly, along with transcripts at TLKJBC.com. Or I suppose that you could find us somewhere up here in the great northern Minnesota woods. Peace to you all, and Lord willing, we'll talk with you some more tomorrow. Till then. Bye-bye, everybody.